0: Welcome to Heart, Hustle & Humor, a show for dedicated, hardworking, fun entrepreneurs and business owners who want to build a business bigger than their own satisfaction. We all know heart got you started, hustle made it happen, and humor got you through it. This is the only place you can get inspired and motivated by my guests who are using the trifecta of heart, hustle, and humor In their business. It's time to dream higher. Today's episode is brought to you by Kaleidoscope Media Services. Kaleidoscope Media Services helps professionals scale their business by adding digital products for success. I'm your host, Dr. T. Welcome to another episode of Heart, Hustle, and Humor. Today in studio, I have Will Kentish. Will is a UK leading authority in business networking skills training. Will has helped thousands of people become confident and effective networkers by delivering networking tips, techniques, and training professionals. He has done this all over the world. He is also well-versed in networking skills in person, but these days he's also well-versed in the virtual environment. And that is so exciting for us to have Will as our guest today. Will, it's so great to have you. Thank you for being here.
1: Teresa, thank you for inviting me. My big problem to begin is, can I keep up with your energy? I don't know about that.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. We're just going to have some fun today. You know, it's all about the humor too. So we're going to have some great times. You know, Will, I want to jump right in. You have a really interesting story. I, I love your story because I think it's so important. People think they're on a certain track. You were actually thrown out of school at the age of 16, and you were told you should be an accountant. But what you do today is very different than being an accountant. So, so tell me why.
1: My whole career, Teresa, has been one big accident. I am somebody who makes things happen. I make the first move. I take the first step. I'm very proactive. But there were two days in my life, I'm 73 years old. There were two days in my life where other people made decisions for me. When mm-hmm. I was 16, the headmaster at Berry Grammar School, Berry is a small town in Northwest England where I live, he said, uh, Your exam results weren't very good and I don't think you're good enough for university. So go and be an accountant. And I had no parental guidance because and I hope my, uh, your listeners aren't going to cry. My mother had died just six weeks before I took my exams. Oh, wow. And my father wasn't an educated man. He was a tailor. He couldn't advise me at all. So when I walked out of the headmaster's study, told to be an accountant, my Auntie Letty had brought me to school. We didn't have a car. We, were, we weren't wealthy enough to have a car. And I said, I've been told to go and be an accountant. And her face lit up and she said, or you can go and work for your Uncle Jerry. He's an accountant. And that was it for the next 36 years. Trained as, qualified as, and practiced. We call them chartered accountants. Across the pond, you guys called it CPAs. Yeah. And then in 1998, I was getting a bit fed up with accountancy. I was uh, 50 years old. And for a hobby, and this is an American link here, Teresa, for a hobby... I started to train with an organization called Dale Carnegie. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. You've heard of Dale Carnegie. Yes, absolutely. And I absolutely loved everything I was taught. They were always short of trainers, so they were training me up to be a trainer because I'd been a a student of theirs. I was an alumni with the, uh, the course many years earlier. And so during the day, I was doing a counter seat. In the evenings, I was learning to train on their... Techniques and their messages. Mm-hmm. And then that was 98. In 99, my accountancy firm, of which I was the senior partner, they always make you senior partner, Teresa, if you're not very clever, you see, that's what they always do. <laughs> well, they, they always push you upstairs, you know. And um, we got taken over. And a year later, this big national firm of accountants said, Well, you're not happy here, are you? We know you love doing your training. Why don't you go and do it full time? I said, I can't afford to. He said, if we give you some money, will you go away? I said, how much? They offered me a sum of money. I said, subject to Mrs. Kintish. By the way, I've now been married to Mrs. Kintish for over 50 years. I, um, I said, subject to Mrs. Kintish, not having a nervous breakdown, I'll, uh, I'll be gone. So I came home, and as probably most wives said, that's not enough. Go and get some more. So... Went back, I said, Mrs. Kintish said it's not enough. So they said, how much do you want? They must have been desperate to get rid of me. But why, I can't understand why. I was the best client getter. I'll tell you why, Teresa. Uh-huh. Because I was a round peg in a square hole. If you work with, for big corporates, you have to toe the line. Yep. And as you might be able to have worked out already, Kintish wasn't one for towing the line. So they were keen to get rid of me. And that was it. On, May, on June 1st, in the year 2000, I left accountancy and started Kentish Networking Skills. And I've never looked back. And you know what? Since June the 1st, 2000, every day is my birthday. I absolutely love what I do.
0: That, I, I love that. Well, <laughs> you know, there's, there's Mrs. Kentish, but there's also several uh, children and grandchildren, aren't there? <laughs>
1: Just three children, all married, all doing very, very well. Two of them are far wealthier than me. (laughs) Um, One is in legal recruitment. He's made more money than I could ever have dreamt of. My youngest child is a property developer. Uh, But my middle child, he's the most interesting one. He's Michael Kintish, songwriter, composer, and record producer. So they're all married, and uh, they've kindly produced us seven grandchildren. So that's nice, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that is fantastic. Well, you know what? I love that you said the work you do is makes it your birthday every single day because I, I know that there are so many people that stay in what they're doing and it's, it's really hard. And, you know, when we're talking about your expertise in the networking field, if you're not excited about what you're doing, would you, would you agree that it's very hard to go into a room of people you don't know and have
1: a conversation about yourself? I only agree with you 100%, absolutely. (laughs) And let me go back to Dale Carnegie, that one of of Dale Carnegie's many timeless quotes, enthusiasm is the little known secret of success.
0: Mm, enthusiasm is the little known secret of success. Bam, that is a quotable quote from you right there.
1: <laughs> no, 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 you better not. Uh, give oh, me I better credit. not use you, right? We got to use yeah, you, good old Dale, you yeah. use Dale. Good old Dale Carnegie, <laughs> absolutely. And, and you know what? While we're talking about him, he wrote the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People in yep. 1936. Yep. And I say to my audiences, focus on that title, How to Win Friends and Influence People. That, Teresa, was the first book on networking. Yes. There's no mention of networking, mm-hmm. but that, if you ask me for a definition, that's as good as I can give you, how to win friends and influence people. So, and that, that uh, book and the course I was on as an undergraduate and then a trainer is what led me to do what I do today. So, uh, all the principles of networking basically come from the book and all his learnings.
0: Yeah, I've read that book probably four times now over, over expanded time, just because I think every time you read it, you, you learn something new and, and it comes from a different perspective. Indeed. You, you know, I, 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 want, I want to jump into this hustle part because I think you have some really good tips and tricks about um how to hustle networking and and we got to talk before we got on here a little bit about your philosophy about how to how to hustle and i want to hear how what your take is on the hustle part wash your mouth
1: out woman yeah. <laughs> You do the worst thing you can do is go hustling when you go network. Oh, my goodness. I love it. You Americans, you just haven't got it. Oh, my God. I've seen, I've seen them. The Americans, they walk in the room, they get their business cards out and throw them all over the place and start trying to sell. And the, the, the number one message I start with people is, do not mix up networking i.e relationship building with selling really to be serious for a moment there is no hustling involved the people i work with are people in the advice giving business Mm. these are clever younger professionals academics professors researchers accountants lawyers engineers these are all very clever people who struggle with networking because they think it's selling, they think it's marketing, and they think it's promotion. And you know what? Most of them would rather eat their left arm than do any of that. (laughs) And so what I have to do is explain to them, no hustle. You walk into a room, you find someone to talk to, because at the end of the day, networking is something you, me, and everybody in the world has done since the age of 2 years old mm-hmm. it's just talking to people yeah. that's all it is so do you know what <laughs> i've been earning, i've been earning a living for 21 years now teaching people how to talk to each other how about that am i a bit of a con man or what well, i mean come <laughs> on
0: <laughs> yes you are i love it
1: i mean oh. you think about it right that's that's all you walk in the room you never start a conversation, if a networking or a business event, never start a conversation with business, find something in common as an icebreaker. So if it's a conference, hello there, where have you travel from? Hello there, nice to meet you. What made you come to the conference? Something as simple as that. Yeah. And then you get into the business and the one area of conversation we must never avoid is the glue that creates the relationship, and that is the small talk.
0: Mm-hmm. The,
1: in other words, non-business. Because at the end of the day, and I hate this cliche, Teresa, but it's so true, across the world, people buy people before they buy the product, service, or company, don't they? Yeah. So I say, I say to my audiences, no selling other than of your personality, because that's all I want you to sell. And then, you get into the sort of serious side of networking, which is asking the right questions. I heard this quote recently. We, I don't know who it was, so I can't give him or her credit. When we went to school, we were judged on the quality of our answers. Mm-hmm. In, in the world we're talking about, we're judged on the quality of our questions. Yes, yes. Because when you ask intelligent, insightful thought-provoking questions, you're going to make the other person feel special. I mean, we talk about humour. I have a four-question rule. If I meet you at an event and I ask you the first question and you answer it, I ask you the second question and you answer it, I get to the third one and my brain starts to think, what's going on here? She's not asked me anything. And then when I get to the fourth one, I think, this isn't a conversation. This is an interview. I'm not here to interview the woman. I don't get paid for it. So do you know what I'm going to do with you at a conference? I'm going to dump you politely. I'm going to say, well, Teresa, it's nice to have met you. Enjoy the rest of the event. And off I go. Yep. And here's another Dale Carnegie quote. Timeless, most interesting people we ever meet are those who are most interested in us.
0: I, I love that because I, I know that I have developed really close relationships that, that create this inner circle of people that, that it's easier to ha- continue to have business conversations with them once you get to know who they are. Um, I'm also a big proponent of what can I provide you? What, what value can I come to the table with for you? But, but you know, when people walk into a room, it is a little nerve wracking. And, and I think we use business cards or we use that what do you do is a safe place. If I walk into a room and I don't know anybody, what should I, what should I enter with? What, how should I act?
1: What should I do? Okay, okay, okay. Number one rule for anybody, and thank God it's about 99% of the world, for anybody who's nervous about walking into the room, get there early. Mm-hmm. When you get there early, you're immediately in command and control of the situation. Because otherwise, you have to walk in and face all those groups that are already formed. It's no wonder you're nervous. So in my event I ever go to, I'm always there early. In fact, my friend David said last week, Never be on time, he said. Always be early, whether it's for a podcast, whatever it's for. And I thought that's right. But I'm now going to share something with you that you don't know. Only 125,000 people I presented to know this, and you you are now one special person. Every room you've ever been in and every room you're ever going to go into for the rest of your lives, because I think you're an international uh, business person. Yes, yep. So you've been to many, many different gatherings all over the globe. Mm -hmm. Well, what I'm about to tell you, I'm going to open your eyes. Every room is always formatted in exactly the same way. You will only ever see six types of groups in a room. Are you ready for these? I'm ready. This is great. There are three green groups and there are three red groups. The three green formats or groups are A, the person standing on his or her own, and they always stand against the wall. They never stand in the middle of the room thinking, oh, look at all these people around me. They stand against the wall, and they stand up against the wall, Teresa, for two reasons. A, they don't know anybody, and B, they're nervous. And you know what they're doing against that wall? They're praying. They're praying for somebody to come and talk to them. So that's green group number one. Green group number two are couples who stand in open format in a Mm V-shape. Picture it. They're generally called men, and we'll talk about that in a minute. And then the third group is the open three. Imagine a semicircle or a croissant. Mm -hmm. That's how men generally stand, again, in open format. So those three groups is green. It's a go. Their body language is saying, come and join us. The three red groups or closed groups are closed twos, people facing each other, Mm -hmm. closed threes, imagine the triangle, and then groups of four or more. So they're either in a square or a circle, depending on how many. So my advice is that unless you know people in closed formatted groups, don't go in there. Because subconsciously they've closed off and they're saying, we're having a nice conversation. It might be nothing of consequence. It might be confidential. So when you walk into the room for the rest of your life, before you start to work the room, read the room.
0: Mm. That's great. And I think our listeners can can, can picture that because when um, I I too like to get to the room early and I also don't carry business cards anymore because I'm not about handing out business cards. I want to meet people and I want to talk to them and I want to engage with them. Uh, But, but surveying that room really gives you an idea where to go and, and be welcomed. And that,
1: that kind of reduces that angst. Let me say this to you. I said to you a few moments ago, get there early. Mm -hmm. The later you get there, the more the groups will be in red format because even the introvert will have been dragged into a group or somebody will have taken pity on him or her and would have uh, taken them in so that it'll be a lot harder to get into the groups the later you get there. Now, having said that the best group to join is a red or closed group where there is somebody in there, you know, so if you're in a group and I know you, I'll come up to you and whisper in your ear, hi, Teresa, can I join you? Hi, Will, come in. And hopefully you'll introduce me to the other people. That's right. That's right. Well,
0: you know, that, that works on both ways too, because I I can see sometimes when I've been in networking groups, having that closed group and not really being paying attention. And if somebody came up that knew me and tapped me on the shoulder, I I would absolutely welcome them into the group. I could introduce them.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. However... One big problem you might have Teresa is you bring them in and they say to you, ah, Teresa, will you introduce me to these nice people? And you've forgotten their name. That's the worst, that's a real hustle. That is the worst moment, you reckon?
0: Oh, oh, believe me. Oh yes, I've done that before. (laughs) And I've known the person for a really long time, but in that moment, you're like, what? What? what is
1: their name? What is their name? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to give you my third Del Carnegie quote. Yeah. A, person, a person's name is to that person the sweetest and most important sound in any language. Mm-hmm. And names yes. are absolutely vital in the networking uh, arena. The People say, I forget their name right away. And I challenge them. and say, no, you don't forget their name. You, you weren't listening for their name. So when you go up to somebody, listen for their name mm-hmm. and repeat their name. And if you don't hear their name, say, I'm sorry, tell me again. Hey, they're never gonna say to you, hey, now look, I've told you once, I'm not gonna tell you again. I mean, if they do, they're a bit of a weirdo, so it's probably time to move on anyway. At that point. Run the other way, run to the other uh, side of
0: the other room.
1: Right. Well, that, yeah. now that brings me to a question that most of my audience want to know is, It's all very well getting in, but how do we get rid of people? You want to know that one? Yeah, we got to know that one. We got to know that. Okay. So we've had a nice conversation, you and I, and I begin to realize I have nothing more to say to you. The thing is, Teresa, you are probably thinking the same about me. So we're both standing there thinking, how the heck do I get out of here? So what do we do? Well... If I can see your body language is looking around the room, that is rude, but you, what you're saying to me in a non-verbal communicative way is, well, I don't wanna to talk to you anymore, right? If you're one of those people, I will dump you. I will say, I'll leave you there, Teresa, it's nice to have met you, enjoy the event. But if you've been very nice, and particularly, if I have found out you don't know anybody, I don't want to leave you there because the first principle of networking is to be kind. You said it about seven or eight minutes ago. What can I do for you? How can I help you? How can I give to you? So to dump somebody and leave them there, particularly if they don't know anybody, is a networking sin. So what am I going to do with you? I'm going to offer you an option. Teresa, I'm going for a drink. Would you like to join me? Teresa, the food's come out. Would you like to join me? Oh, I've seen my friend Barry over there. Let me introduce you to him. The important thing we have to do is move them off the space, off that spot, and move them down the room. Now, if you've got a nervous network with you, networker with you, and he or she doesn't know anybody, you could be stuck with them for the whole evening. So how do we get rid of them then? You ready for this one? I'm ready because that's a tough one we go hunting in pairs. We take them with us. So if if you are the last person in the world that would be nervous, but let's fantasize for the minute and let's assume you are nervous and I've dragged you around and I still can't (laughs) damn well get rid of you. What am I gonna do? (laughs) Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready, I'm ready. Big drum roll, we say, Teresa, shall we go meet some others? So you and I are going, I'll, I'll be in charge, of course, because I'm the world's greatest networker, and I'll look for an open two and a, or an open three, and we'll go over to them and say, hi, everyone, please may we join you. So we've now gone from an open three to a closed five, because we're now in a, in a semicircle. I'll hang around for a little while, and then I'm off, and I'll leave you in there. And I've done, I've done my civic duty for the night. I'm not a charity.
0: Right, right. I mean, I love that because you, you've done what you needed to do. They now are with some other people. So it's not like you ran the other way.
1: <laughs> Correct. I hope, yeah. I, hope you know, you, I hope you know the name Maya Angelou. Oh, beautiful person. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I bet you know the quote, but it's every single talk I do, whether it's a 10 minute talk or a three hour workshop, I explain to them that networking, i.e. relationship building, initially has nothing to do with business at all, okay? And I say to them, at the end of every event, I want you to remember what Maya Angelou said in about 2014. She died in 2014. Yeah. She said the following. As I look back over my life, I've often forgotten what people said to me. I forgot what people did to me. But I never forgot how people made me feel. So my, so to my audience, I say to them, if ever you want to do business with people and you have, and you've made them feel bad, believe me, they'll never do business with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: I, I, I absolutely. And, and I know that's for me. I, I, I resonate to those who, um, you know, are, are kind and, and engaging and they, they want to bring you in, they, they give you information and you really do have a sense of the person when they make you feel good. Um, and that goes back to what you were saying, calling them by their name, asking them, you know, what, what they're interested in outside of the business arena. You know, one of the, one of the big parts is, is there is, um, you know, the humor, humor part. And, and I think there is a place in networking to have a little levity. And sometimes that levity is just about ourselves. We just sometimes have to laugh at some of our own faux pas that we, we do, but you're very funny on stage. And, and I want people to go over and check you out because I've watched some of your clips and, and you're hilarious and, and where, why, what's the humor? How come it's important?
1: Um, Where did that come from? I think humour is attractive, and, and it attracts business. I, when I was an accountant, you you, you know the, you know the, um, definition of, an accountant, a grey person in a grey suit, and when and when lawyers laugh at that, I say, hang on a minute, you know, what you lawyers are, grey people in expensive grey suits because you charge more than the accountant. But, <laughs> but when I was an accountant, I didn't behave like an accountant. I just made it fun. And that's what creates business. Yeah, Sim- It's as simple as that. It's as simple. And again, I say to everybody, just keep it lighthearted. By all means, ask serious business questions. And also something you said a minute ago, be self-deprecating. You know, if I tell people that I left school at 16 and then I basically got thrown out of accountancy, it sort of does no harm at all. I often start my talks. I say, ladies and gentlemen, I've got a secret to tell you. This is when I'm on stage, say I do a 45-minute keynote. I've got a secret to tell you. I was in prison for 36 years practicing as a chartered accountant.
0: (laughs) Right. But, but people, I bet, just roar and they love it and they completely uh, want to listen to everything else you say. You, you know what? I cannot believe the time has flown by. Well, I could talk to you for a very long time. But listen, I want our listeners to, to be able to get a hold of you. But before, before that, I want to tell people that they need to go to Amazon and get your uh, book. You, you have a book out there and it is there it is right there business networking uh the survival guide and and you've got to go get it because um i took a look at it and and i got to tell you it's it's more in depth on the tips and tricks and building confidence than we just got to talk with will in this just very brief moment so so please head to amazon and get that but but will you also have online classes you're doing this virtually. You're doing it in person as we shift. We're not going away from virtual. Our, our company builds online courses all day long because people are, are doing that. And uh, but, but tell them how to get a hold of you. What's the best way my listeners can find you?
1: Well, I've got a very nice website with tons of free stuff. It's as simple as Kintish, K-I-N-T-I-S-H.co.uk and go to the contact page Tell them that you are a disciple of Teresa Ashby, and that uh, <laughs> and that's where we met. But you know, you've mentioned online. If I've just got one more minute, yes, so, you do. So many people say because, as you've obviously observed, since uh, COVID appeared, so for the first few months, like most trainers and speakers, it was um, a time where there wasn't a lot of money coming into our bank accounts. But then October last year things started to happen again and all the training I've done has been remote and the course has been called how to become an effective online networker so the first question I'm asked is what is the difference between online and face-to-face and here's another secret Teresa there isn't any there isn't any because at the end of the day, let's go back to basics. It's talking to people, it's having fun, it's asking questions. If you spot what we call the aha moment, the light bulb moment, we follow it up so we can do it through the screen just as we can in the room. My clever wife said when COVID appeared, she said, well, Will, you've been showing people how to work a room for 20 years. Now you're going to have to show them how to work the Zoom. You like that? I thought that was very That's very
0: clever. <laughs> I tell you, your household must be so much fun <laughs> with the two wow. of you, the Absolutely. comedians in the house, right? Oh, that's great. You're going to have to, that's, that's super cool. Well, again, this has been an absolute delight having you all the way from the UK. Will, I appreciate it. I, I want my listeners to get a hold of you and this um, get your get your classes. Go on, get his book. You've you've got to connect with him and and meet Will. He's fantastic.
1: With you know, that, you know, I'm a bit. Hang on, before we go, I yeah. just hope they understood what I said because obviously you're foreign compared to me. So uh, I I speak in English, English whereas most of your listeners speak in American English. So I do hope they heard me. So I did slow my speed of tone down a bit. You you did, but I understood you perfectly clear. And I know that I have an
0: accent for you, but, you know. <laughs> Say it again, Will. How do they get a hold of you?
1: They can email me, will, W-I-L-L, at kintish, K-I-N-T-I-S-H, dot co dot U-K, or the website is kintish.co.uk
0: and that has been another episode of Heart Hustle and Humor if you've enjoyed this episode subscribe like us share with your friends and leave us a review continue to dream higher until next time are you a professional looking to take your business to the next level if the answer is yes then I want you to go to kaleidoscopemediaservices.com check it out And if you feel you are ready, then set up a time to talk to me and my co-founder, Laura Neubauer. I'm your host, Dr. T. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share this podcast with your friends.